0: Welcome to Hop To It. Hey, Trey. Hi, Nay.
1: Are you ready? Ready for what? To pack our house, take our dog, and hop in the car?
0: We got a car.
1: Don't worry about it. It's time to go.
0: Let's go explore and find a new city to call home.
1: Because we are Nay and Trey,
0: the alchemist and the shaman.
1: And it's time for us to Hop, hop to, to It. it.
0: This episode we find ourselves landing at our third hop. This is the third hop out of 10 we will take as we travel through the southwestern United States.
1: That's right, this time we are leaving San Diego County and driving five hours north along the Pacific Coast Highway.
0: This episode we talk about our disappointment leading up to this hop and the surprises we discovered.
1: And why we've chosen to travel the way we do as
0: digital nomads. No, there is some disappointment in going to Pismo Beach. Why are we going to Pismo Beach? <laughs> Why are we going to Pismo Beach? Isn't that the place near where we stopped on our way to visit Superfan from Berkeley? Uh,
1: so, yeah, we never planned to go to Pismo Beach. We've <laughs> had a big problem. Our plan was actually to leave California on this hop, but we were trying to get to Arizona, and none of the Arizona houses were accepting us. I don't remember how many houses we applied for. I can think of maybe three. Um, We had the one with the bridge (laughs) that we couldn't cross (laughs) if it rained too much. Sedona.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was in Sedona.
1: And a couple of others. And it just kept not working out.
0: Yeah. Many nights of just swiping left. But maybe we should have gone to Mexico, as you suggested, a couple months ago. It's like, I like California, but there's nothing in Pismo Beach. I think there's a little wine country near it, but, you know, that's all I could think of.
1: Yeah. I guess we'll see. And honestly, when we realized we couldn't get out of California, yet, we were thinking, oh, I know, let's go to San Luis Obispo. That would be great. And again, looked for houses and can't find a house in our budget there. There's literally zero houses in our budget and slow.
0: That's a bummer. I really like slow. Like traveling on a budget is a little difficult. We don't seem to make it to the cool places.
1: You're right. We don't make it to the cool places. We are like always slightly off the mark. Yeah. Like, to where we wanted to be.
0: Yeah, we're like <laughs> about to. Uh, price tags down yeah but (laughs) (laughs) two
1: price tags over
0: (laughs) yeah yeah. it's like we were aiming for this and just got two price tags over i love it (laughs) the
1: sad thing is i really could have pictured us living in slow we visited a couple of times and they have the cute restaurants the river i could see us strolling around downtown getting yummy coffees and taking in the beautiful scenery we're so close
0: yeah, <laughs> it's fun. Like, I really wanted to get to know Slow. And, you know, it does have a vampire council, if you didn't notice.
1: Uh, yeah, that place looks intriguing. <laughs>
0: yeah. We might be paranormal investigators. Ooh,
1: ooh, the vampires <laughs> of San Luis Obispo.
0: So everybody just watch out. This isn't Lost Boys, but there is a suspicion <laughs> that there might be vampires in <laughs> Slow. There's this very huge building yes. that's just like where vampires would live
1: obviously yeah it looks like a casket
0: <laughs> that's just got building size casket that's all yeah and you
1: know i am a vampire
0: oh if yep, you recall
1: true. so i was really excited about being near my people
0: yeah <laughs> that's true you usually can't go out in the sun without evaporating oh, that's so unfair it's true though it's yeah. true more correct to say the sun just hates you.
1: Uh, Yeah, I love the sun. The sun hates me. (laughs) I'm seeing just a couple of affordable places in the Central Coast looking at Airbnb. So we have a choice to make. We could stay in a little tiny town called Santa Margarita. It's off the beaten path. It is in wine country. Or option two, we could stay by the water again if we choose Pismo Beach.
0: Hmm. We get to stay at our second choice location. You know, I could do another bit of studio living in Pismo Beach.
1: Yeah, well, it looks like what we're about to do, (laughs) because that's all we can afford. So the decision is made. No Arizona, no Mexico, no Santa Margarita, no San Luis Obispo. Pismo Beach, studio life. Here we come.
0: Oh boy, get ready. Fog and marine layer chill breezes from the ocean <laughs> oh man it's great for the central coast vineyards but i don't know about the berkeleyite
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean we've dealt with the fog before the san francisco fog rolls are you know trainer fogs for what we've seen at pismo beach true the pismo beach fog roll is no joke it's huge yeah. and it's all consuming
0: it is so, okay, one little tip, though. We didn't actually live in San Francisco. So if you're from the Bay, you know that Berkeley is much warmer.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> so. Berkeley and Oakland, anything in the East Bay is much warmer. So we had the joy of watching the fog roll yes. in over the city while we were still in the sun.
0: Amen. It was a beauti- It's like beautiful from a distance, but chilly up close.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess now that we're in Pismo Beach, we get to be up close to the fog.
0: Ooh, love it.
1: You know, I hate to say it, but I'm feeling really disappointed that we're going to Pismo Beach. I guess we'll just have to make the most of it.
0: Yeah, I'll hop to Pismo Beach with an open mind. It's really what this trip is about. I just don't remember much to do in that area.
1: Yeah, to be fair, our only real exposure to Pismo Beach so far has been the Pismo Beach sand dunes, which we visited a couple times now. Mm -hmm. And... uh. It's kind of intimidating over there. You have a bunch of big trucks with their blue line flags and t shirts about carrying guns. So, yes, (laughs) I think we're gonna have to stay away. I'm not so sure. Actually, that's probably one of the big reasons I'm kind of worried about going to Pismo.
0: Oh. Well, there's a pretty big dividing line. I don't know where it is, but yeah. at some point it goes from pro-guns to pro-vacation.
1: <laughs> so
0: hopefully we'll fall right in that beautiful middle.
1: Yeah, hopefully we <laughs> fall in the dividing line far from the guns.
0: Yeah, amen. Now, it's funny that our condo is next to that restaurant with the sunset patio. I don't know if you remember from our visit last summer.
1: I do. The Spyglass Inn, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of trippy. It's right across the street from our condo.
1: Yes. That is, besides the Pismo Beach dunes, the Spyglass Inn is the only other place we visited during vacation. And here we are across the street in this condo. It's deja vu all over again.
0: Yeah. But we're living here. It's so weird. <laughs>
1: it's so weird. Are we on vacation? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about our new digs. I took a video this time, and I'll share that in this week's newsletter so you can get a total walkthrough. If you're not part of our newsletter yet, the link is in the show notes, so sign up. Please. So what do you think of this place so far, Trey?
0: Well, I think we got the best parking since leaving Fort Collins, Colorado, nine years ago. (laughs) (laughs) We might be able to plug Luna, our car in, at this place. I'm excited.
1: You know, we got to meet our host. Mm. Um, this is the first host that we've, well, maybe not the first host we've met, but the first host who met us at the door.
0: Yeah. Greeted us.
1: She calls herself the mermaid and she is so sweet. She met us, gave us the keys and she was so nice to Oscar that just warmed my heart right away. And then she told us that we can plug in Luna.
0: That was the best news. Now, just to clarify, she didn't introduce herself as the mermaid, (laughs) but in her Airbnb listing. Yeah. And it really came through when we walked through that place.
1: Yeah. And the listing is called the Mermaid's Retreat.
0: Yeah. It's worth it for sure. Check it out. Okay. So this place is close to the beach and it has an outdoor patio, kind of small, but it's something that was missing from Point Loma. So I like it.
1: Yes, I love having a little outdoor space. Getting a little sun in during the day without any hassle is awesome. And oh my gosh, check out this kitchen. It is huge, giant counters, fully stocked. And wow. I swear, a third of the studio apartment is dedicated to this thing.
0: <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> quite phenomenal kitchen for a studio. I've never seen anything like this.
1: Yeah. I think whoever designed this had their priorities straight. It's like eating over sleeping, which is more
0: important. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, if you're a chef. <laughs>
1: if you're a chef. Yeah. I don't know. For me, sleeping is more important. But I think for you, eating is more important. Ah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Thanks. Well, another thing that's really beautiful about this place is all the artwork on the walls. Like she did a really good job pairing artwork to a mermaid theme Mm -hmm. and then having, I love art, but the colors popped. There was like one that looked like this mermaid character. It was a merfolk from magic, the gathering, but it was really cool. I swear this was actually on a card. I should probably ask Jerry about that one.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love the mermaids and they're all original art. She knows many of, if not all of the artists that are represented on the walls. That was neat. And my favorite is the three dimensional fish.
0: Yeah. You said it was 3D. I kind of saw it, kind of
1: not. Remember those games? I don't know. There are these books with these like pattern pages. And if you looked at them the right way, they would pop out into like a three dimensional picture. Yep. It was just like that so this fish i was sitting there i think we were recording yeah, and yeah. i looked over and all of a sudden the fish was popping off the canvas <laughs>
0: <laughs> was cool
1: i love that thing and then i couldn't make it flat again i was actually like looking on all different sides of it trying to see if i could flatten it and it stayed three-dimensional until i touched it and then the then the magic disappeared
0: now there are wonderful surprises here pismo beach has been opening up like a russian doll as we explore The Spyglass Inn was the first spot to show its secrets. Last summer we went to the Spyglass Inn and it looked like there was no access to the cliffs and the beautiful beach beyond. I only took us there that day because Google search had it with like lots of reviews and a high rating. So I was like, okay, this is a great place for us to go and eat.
1: And it was dog friendly.
0: And it was dog friendly, which is always tough while we're running. But this place turned into something like, okay, first of all, we didn't realize that we could access that beach. And then we ended up being there every day.
1: Yep, every day we go to Spyglass. Well, not really to Spyglass, but yeah. (laughs) The secret actually lies behind the Spyglass Inn. Yes. We realized that you can take the stairs from the patio out onto the Cliff Walk. The Cliff Walk is a hidden public walking space that runs north behind a row of hotels. So it looks like it's not meant for anybody except for hotel guests, but it turns out it's public. And then if you go all the way to the end of the sidewalk, you run into a set of stairs. They're actually dirt stairs and they go downhill. And that is our local beach. And one, of, one of several yes. local beaches.
0: Epic. The entire Pismo Beach coastline feels connected in like this patchwork way. Like I love how it changes as you walk. And there's like one part that will be really low and level with the waves. And then you go up these stairs not even that high like one Mm -hmm. story of stairs and you're on this high cliff walk it's a hidden patchwork that's hard to see when visiting you only really know it because you know what you're looking for
1: yeah so for example we found hidden pathways between houses that we would never have seen if we were just visiting Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: then there's these tide pools that get exposed at low tide and they're not there at high tide. So if you were visiting for an afternoon, you might totally miss out.
0: Because they aren't there. Right. Yeah, <laughs> They it's disappear.
1: Wild. And so at low tide, we pick our way across these vast stretches of rocks. There's sea anemones and snails in the water. And then at high tide, the experience is completely different. You can only go to maybe as far as the base of the staircases my favorite thing to do is just stand there as low as I can go and watch as these huge waves come like pummeling towards the cliffs and it sometimes they splash at you but you're perfectly safe because you're on the stairs
0: yeah it's I'm glad you shared that with me actually that was really cool
1: yeah it's a little bit of a adrenaline rush for For me especially because I'm afraid of the ocean
0: yeah like (laughs) it's not scary if it's not a storm Yeah, in that case but it's so beautiful because it's right there like This is a constant like translating landscape or a landscape that just constantly reveals itself and hides itself Mm -hmm. as time ebbs and flows. So being there over a long period of time was just so beautiful. That sunset walk to memory park was dope, but I wish I could take better pictures while we're out here in all this beauty, because it was like, I'm sitting there trying to capture this, part of the beach that probably isn't there normally mm-hmm. and the sun's going down and it's like lined up perfectly and then i noticed there's this pro photographer right behind me with all her super equipment oh, yeah taking a picture at the same angle as i am mm-hmm. of the same scene i just felt like a ton times better than i actually am
1: yeah well your instincts are obviously right yeah you're position just like she was the only thing that was different was your gear because yeah. she had like a tripod and, and a zoom lens. Super lens. And you were just with your, I don't know what kind of camera, your little Canon yeah. basic lens with the, the store lens.
0: I know. I think I have a Canon M55 or something like that. Oh, yeah. man, I'm not a real good amateur.
1: I think we're going <laughs> to have to upgrade you.
0: <laughs> right. I need a much longer lens.
1: Do you remember that day we spent at the Dinosaur Caves cliff?
0: Yes, that's another great example of finding more details while we slow travel over short vacations. Like last summer, we stopped at Dinosaur Caves to let Oscar run just for a minute. And like, we saw a few things. We saw some birds on a rock, smelled like bird poo.
1: (laughs) It really did. I remember that day. Yeah.
0: Well, it's like a great rock, but when one million birds have sat (laughs) on it, (laughs) it's just is, it's a bathroom
1: it's white yeah. <laughs> it's pure white
0: it's like oh we came to this rock and oh my god the smell <laughs> but it was cool but the point was like that was quick that's yeah. all we saw but then we turn and walk the other way this time so now we come back to it we turn and walk another way and that first time we missed half the magic like the beauty was in that second walk
1: yeah, I think we missed 90% of the magic the first time we visited, honestly. I believe you. You know, we saw the cliffs. We smelled the pure, glistening bird poo. <laughs>
0: Amen. <laughs> Something else.
1: But had we um. walked the other direction, as we did this time, uh, we would have one of the best days ever. So what happened was our power had gone out that morning. Suddenly, we had a day to play hooky. So we decided to to spend a few hours at Dinosaur Caves Park, and we walked south to the cliffs behind the hotel over there. The tide was super high that morning, and the waves were crashing ferociously, like it was one of those crazy wave days. Yep. They were booming. So the most magical moment for me was I see these waves rushing through these these caves and the cliffs, and the caves are like open, so they, the water comes in one side, and it's sprays out the other side into this crazy foam, but the foam with pure rainbow. Yes. I was like, ah, (laughs) (laughs) I was so excited. I looked like a goofball jumping up and down. Such awe. Incredible.
0: Yeah. We were kind of like kids filming those rainbows like as best we could. And it's really interesting. I didn't know that when wind and sun (laughs) blow on a wave, Mm -hmm. At the crest of the wave where it's kind of the mist, you can sometimes see rainbows. So add another level of just staring at the ocean. Well, this time we
1: have wind, water, light, and rocks. Like all of the elements combine there to create this incredible moment. Yeah. So, hey. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. Alchemists bringing it together. (laughs) Now, Pismo Beach is also known for its sand dunes. And like we said, last summer we tried to see them, didn't quite make it because of the fog. Now, these are epic sand dunes. Mm -hmm. The only other ones that I know that are even close to this epic are in Alamosa, Colorado. Yeah, And then these are like miles of sand dunes here. Oh my gosh. So this time we found that it is all part of the same Pismo Beach coastline like I feel like we could have made an urban hike of it from Avila Beach all the way down to the sand dunes. It like If we had packed a lunch, it could have been some kind of urban hike.
1: Yeah, and weren't a lot of sunscreen. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's <yeah. laughs> true. You're on the beach.
1: Also, almost, I think almost, we could have done this hike because if you recall, we did try to hike from our house to Avila Beach and there's a stretch of road that we ran into right past the Pirate's Cove And it was kind of like a single-lane road with lots of cars coming up and blind corners and no shoulder. So when we crested that hill and saw what we were in for for the last 25 minutes of this two-hour hike, we turned around and went back. I was pretty grumpy about that, honestly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was a good day to go out and walk. But, you know, Google Maps just didn't do it justice. It looked like it was walkable from the satellite image, but not really. No,
1: not really. We only made it as far as Pirates Cove, which, by the way, is beautiful. So maybe what we could do is start at Pirates Cove and walk all the way south to the sand dunes. Don't start at Avila Beach because that's too crazy.
0: Yeah, you can't make it. <laughs> you can't make it on foot, at least the way we know. But if you start at Pirates Cove, it is a nudist beach. So you might be able to see something in the summer.
1: There were no nudists there
0: on no, the day we went. It was we too went. cold. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise,
1: surprise, they're everywhere. Another surprise we discovered in the area were the mini hilly hikes. The first one we found after a nice wine tasting was the hike up to Islay Hill in Slow. It's just this perfectly round green hill jutting out of like this flatland all by itself. It kind of looks like the hill in that book Le Petit Prince, if you know that book.
0: No. (laughs) Like, I know it, but I never read it. The Little Prince. Yeah, not Mm -hmm. in French, for sure. (laughs) Like, this place really... Not this place. The uh, valley and the whole area had a bunch of rolling hills. It really reminded me of landscapes in Ireland, kind of like in that movie Braveheart with Mel Gibson, just rolling hills everywhere.
1: Yeah. I don't remember that movie, except I do remember the VHS cover from that movie because it came out in the 90s when I was working at a video store.
0: So funny. We both had the same job in high school. Wasn't your store name the same as mine? Galaxy Video?
1: Yep. I worked at Galaxy Video too, but mine was in Gun Barrel, Colorado.
0: And mine was in Guttenberg, New Jersey. <laughs>
1: Ooh, <Bow. laughs> That's so weird.
0: Mind blown. <laughs> and Gutenberg invented... The printing press.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say Guttenberg invented the gun.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's I got the same guh. <laughs> now, Islay Hill didn't stand out to me from the other hills, but it was a nutty, weird hill.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At the top of that hill was a life-size fiberglass cow. <laughs> Surprise. Yep. Let that soak <laughs> in. Life-size. I think it was kind of bigger than life-size. Oh, well, that's only because you haven't seen a s- cow standing.
1: <laughs> cows standing on their high l- hind legs look bigger than life.
0: Yes. So this cow was yeah. standing. Yes. And it had binoculars. It did. <laughs> while it was staring over at the airport. Yes.
1: <laughs> and the artist of this cow was Garrett Zook. Yes. And remember below the cow at the cow's feet, there was this chest, uh, a box. It was so cool. Yeah. You opened it and people left pictures and personal items. It was like a little time capsule of the area. Very cool.
0: Loved it. The whole thing kind of reminded me of the song Cows With Guns. So if you ever get a chance, look that up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That song comes up a lot when we talk. (laughs) Does it? Yeah. Oh, you and I off. Yeah, you and I. It always is coming up.
0: So my favorite is cows with guns. (laughs) And that doesn't make sense until you listen to the song. So you just got to go. Yeah. Listen to the song.
1: Listen to it. (sighs) Weird because we've mentioned both cows and guns in this episode. Ooh. Ooh.
0: (laughs) Really good observation. (laughs) Thank you.
1: (laughs) So that wasn't the only surprising hike. The way the area is laid out. We are staying on the west or ocean side of Highway 101, and it seems like there's not really that much going on on the east side because the hills really come up right to the highway. However, I discovered one of my favorite things about the area, the Pismo Beach Preserve. So if you climb to to the top of the first hill in Pismo Beach Preserve, you get a gorgeous view of the entire length of Pismo Beach, so you can see all the way from Avila to the sand dunes.
0: Yeah, if you don't do anything else, just pull off the interstate. It's two feet from the interstate. Walk up this hill. That's way more than two feet from the interstate. (laughs) But look out at the ocean. It's so worth it.
1: Yes, it is so worth it. And one of the coolest parts of it is if you look uh, north, you can see the cliffs and like that whole landscape. And then you look south and it's like the white sandy beaches and then in the distance are the sand dunes so it's just like this varied landscape right before your eyes yeah really gives you a great perspective of the area
0: yeah it's crazy watching cliffs flatten out to just sandy beach yeah beautiful (laughs) now it was weird how both sides of the highway were so different not weird i guess but it was striking so you have as you expect beach all over the west side of the highway Mm -hmm. but then you discovered that they actually have more maintained trails for hiking on the east side of the highway so that just opened it up for me like you could really hike a bunch of different spots in this whole pismo beach area like every day if you stayed out here
1: yeah the network of hiking trails at pismo beach preserve itself was even bigger than i expected um Let me tell you about one morning, I went on a hike without you. Sorry, you (laughs) you know, you go to work a lot earlier than I do. And Oscar and I were out there and I encountered a rattlesnake on the Mm. path. Mm. And I have such a visceral reaction to rattlesnakes. Like I am like a flight kind of person. I do not stick around. I do not cross them. I'm like, nope, we're done. We're turning around. I'm getting as far away from this snake as I can. It's huge too.
0: That's scary. <laughs>
1: so, because I turned back, we didn't go on the trail that I knew about and intended to go on, the one that you and I had gone on previously. Oh, yeah. But it was weird because I found another little trail and I started hiking into it and it went around this bend. And suddenly, instead of being on like this grassy open hill with no trees, I was in an oak tree forest. Oh, my. Which is almost impossible to believe because when you look at this hike, it just looks like a bunch of rolling grassy hills.
0: Yeah. Part of the reason I wasn't too into that hike because it's just like the rolling hills, which they did a great job. But visually, if you're not looking at the ocean, it just wasn't as remarkable.
1: Yeah, it's a nice open space, but there was something so magical about being in those oak trees. It was like suddenly there was shade. I knew there wouldn't be any rattlesnakes hanging out because it was too chilly in there. And I just was completely awestruck by the magic.
0: A rattlesnake will end a hike, in my yeah. opinion, too. <laughs> Done. Call it.
1: Yeah, this is definitely not so. the first time I've I've run into a rattlesnake on a hike, but I never enjoy it. No, ever, ever. No. Like I get excited and fearful, and I run away, and that's it.
0: Now, in a strange way, it's almost like Mother Nature tried to push you towards this other place that it knew was better.
1: Yeah, it felt like a little (laughs) bit of destiny because otherwise I wouldn't have known about this surprise oak tree forest. No. Speaking of surprises. Yes. Rattlesnakes are not the only concern on this trail. One more big, scary thing on the trail, and I'm talking big.
0: Real big? (laughs) So big.
1: How big? Ticks. Ticks.
0: Ah. (laughs) Yes. Ticks are awful. Small but mighty.
1: I think I hate ticks more than I hate rattlesnakes.
0: I used to not be afraid of ticks. And then I watched too many shows where people got diseases from ticks that like wrecked their lives. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm good.
1: So we went on this hike. This one was when we went on together. The next morning, oh, what a great day it's going to be. We're going to go to the beach. It's going to be beautiful. And I'm Pat Oscar. And guess what?
0: She screams bloody murder (laughs) while I'm in the shower. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You were like, Oh, hoodie. Are you okay? Yeah. (laughs) I did scream bloody murder because there was a tick wandering around on Oscars rear end, just like a drunken Irish man in his fur. It was Mm. horrible. (sighs) So I had a heebie jeebies for the entire day and I I was like looking at it. It didn't actually like bite him. It was walking Mm. around
0: Mm. kind
1: of in circles And I was like, huh, interesting. So the tick has been on him since yesterday. Why isn't it taking a snack?
0: Well, that was just kind of scary. It was on him since yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's like, oh, crap.
1: (laughs) We tick checked our whole selves and all of our stuff. Yeah. But uh, I I learned something new. What was that? That the reason that the tick never bit was because Oscar's on tick prevention.
0: Thank goodness.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the way it works is it confuses the ticket, messes with their uh, nervous system and so they don't even know what they're doing anymore they like get really confused and they're like Oh, I'm lost in this fur forest and I was gonna do something here and I totally forgot
0: that's so wild like I never thought about how the medicine worked but to think that it's like a neurological poison
1: yeah isn't that weird
0: yeah so crazy that was a surprise but the final surprise was that we have hot springs in the area so this whole valley is connected from Paso Robles all the way down. I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. Paso Robles, Paso Robles, <laughs> heard it so gonna many get ways. We're trouble. Yeah,
1: Paso Robles. People
0: will beat us down I in they Central Coast. think call
1: it Paso Robles? <laughs> oh,
0: that wasn't even one of my options. <laughs> <laughs> but however you pronounce it, from the top of the valley to the bottom of the valley, there's these incredible like sulfur springs that run pretty close to the surface. There's a couple places where you can pay to go in. And, soak. and lucky for me, you got me one of these places.
1: Yep. Happy birthday.
0: Thank you so much. <laughs> for my birthday, I got to soak in a Japanese bamboo style hot tub.
1: Yes. In a sycamore forest. Yes. It was the sycamore resort and spa.
0: Over by Avila beach. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Like we went at the right time. And then when we were leaving, all the lights turned on. And so it was like this nice lit pathway. Yes, worth your time.
1: Yeah, we actually had the last tub at the end of the stairs. So we hiked up, I don't know, like 10 stories. Yeah. To the final tub on the hill. It was just so magical and we were both like completely blissed out by the time we left. yes we're like am i high i don't know why do i feel so good
0: (laughs) because yeah you're like you're sitting there after an hour with that heat and the sulfur and the minerals that are all soaking in and then when we leave having that slight change in uh mood right like just going to nighttime with all the lights under the trees oh yeah they know how to do it
1: so we might be having fun here hmm Mm. (laughs) (laughs) spending five weeks in a place even while working versus spending one week on vacation yields such different results
0: yes we get to know a place a bit better and i like that part of digital nomading that is actually the best way to explain what we are doing digital because we can work remotely
1: and nomadic because we are moving around without a permanent home
0: now let's talk about some of those different types of digital nomads There is a van lifer, someone who lives in their van.
1: Then there are the road trippers who take a car from rental house to rental house and set up shop.
0: Some people are walking and biking nomads.
1: And finally, there are the jet setters who fly from place to place, usually internationally.
0: Some nomads move quickly and others move a little bit more slowly.
1: And we fall into the slow travel road trippers variation of digital nomads. I actually created this pretty cool checklist. If you're thinking about becoming a digital nomad, check out the link in our show notes. It'll help you prepare for an epic journey like this one.
0: Such a great idea. Glad you thought of that. Now, for us, I feel like the seed to explore was really planted by this YouTube channel we watch, Kara and Nate. They are jet setter types of digital nomads it was great watching them during the pandemic you know 18 months with only four walls you really get into seeing somebody like jump to an island or go into the mountains it was inspiring
1: Yeah, talk about YouTube escapism. (laughs) And we're still working our way through their 800 video backlog.
0: Yes. (laughs) It's like a
1: project now.
0: At lunch, every day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And while they are an inspiration, we really couldn't be more different than Kara and Nate.
0: Exactly. We're very different. Like One conflict I have with traveling is the impact fast travel can have on the environment.
1: Yeah, flying leaves a huge carbon footprint, which is why I wouldn't want to fly so much either.
0: Yeah, like I love technology and flying is a necessity, but it shouldn't be overused.
1: I do have to jet set to Europe to see my daughter at least once per year if I can. So we all have our lines and needs.
0: So true. I just put out that, you know, this is where one ounce of prevention reduces pollution for a generation.
1: I agree. And while living in Berkeley, we chose not to drive for the very same reason. We wanted to reduce our carbon footprint. And I sometimes feel bad that our new lifestyle requires more driving. Yeah. So trying to justify traveling to a new place each week by plane would not sit well with me.
0: Me either. That's definitely a good reason why we aren't jet setters. Now, van life is another option. And... You can watch uh, Hobo Ollie, the solo female van lifer, if you're not familiar. But we discussed a bunch of this in our Berkeley Hop to It episode two. So go check that out. You can hear some of the funny reasons we don't like it. But just say van life is not for us. Basically, if I can't stretch out my arms without touching a wall, it's too small. And I ain't that handy. (laughs) You know, you're
1: not handy. (laughs) Not in that way. No. Honestly, Hobo Ali, I don't know if we're pronouncing her name right. Probably not. But she lives a really extreme life. I just can't picture doing my laundry in a bucket in the back of a van or going weeks without a hot shower. I guess I'm soft. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We've chosen a very posh version of the digital nomad life. Road tripping gives us all the comforts of home because we just take our little moon ship, Luna, to different houses and make sure they have the basic amenities we like in our lives, like showers, mm-hmm. flushing toilets, <laughs> <laughs> kitchens, washers, and dryers.
0: I think a ship is a great analogy for Luna. And that's another reason I like our style of traveling. We really are conscious about what we bring. Plus, when we travel, speed is really, like, determines how much detail we see while we're traveling, right? Yeah. I'll break it down for you. For example, when I fly, everything on the ground is the size of a thumbnail, but I get to my destination in a flash, right? So that's great. But compare that with a car where you go slow, you get to see neighborhoods and smaller details.
1: Yes, and walking is the ultimate form of slow travel. This is why I love having our dog, Oscar, He's gotten us into the habit of walking everywhere and really exploring the details of a place, and this is the time when we get to take it all in. The sounds, the colors, the smells, the little hidden alleyways and staircases and hiking trails. You know, if it weren't so rustic, and if we weren't at the mercy of the elements and the kindness of strangers, I could really imagine enjoying being a walking or bicycling nomad.
0: Yeah, I can't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely saw a biker on Kara and Nate. So there's this guy doing like this Forrest Gump type of trip. His name was Matt and he was biking across the U.S. from Washington, D.C. to Alaska. Now, I'm sure he gets to see so much stuff that we would normally miss, right? But yeah, I can't do that. And I think he's even taken a break. Who knows why that happened?
1: Yeah, I believe that would be pretty exhausting. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's taking a break for other reasons, but so true. I'd well, be tired.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I definitely would get tired.
1: You know, sometimes I imagine we're living like this modern version of Jack Kerouac and the Beatnik Poets. Mm. You know how Kerouac traveled for six years straight and he once did a 3,000 mile hitchhiking journey. Wow. Ah, It's kind of romantic when you think about it like that.
0: I agree. My fantasy self imagines being a modern day creative. One of my favorite creatives was author Langston Hughes. He traveled and wrote incredibly. And I'm sure he was inspired by his slow travels around the world. Like he was a black man traveling during segregation. And he traveled across the ocean as like a ship porter. He was in Russia because there's less, there's really no racism towards black skin people in Russia. He went to France, Cuba, I mean, there are a lot of communist places, but they didn't have that same level of racism for him yeah. at that period of America yeah. or United States. And uh, he's just a, he was like a key inspiration to the Harlem Renaissance literature. And not to say I'm Langston Hughes by <laughs> any stretch of the imagination. No,
1: we're not Jack Kerouac and Langston Hughes over here. Amen.
0: <laughs> but it's just the idea of like their lives and their creativity really created a fantasy for me growing up. And yeah. so... to be able to kind of do this as part of this like COVID transformation. Right. I really feel like there might be something here, like something might've been created for another generation, maybe to migrate, explore, discover.
1: Yeah. The change that's been happening out there is so incredible. And the stories of Kerouac and Langston Hughes are so inspirational and it really makes me feel the privilege of this time that we're living in and this time in our lives in particular we're experiencing a type of freedom that so many before us really had to push so hard for
0: amen we're lucky to do this it is work but the work rewards with dividends in the end i love taking this journey with you naomi And our frog army.
1: Frog army. Yes. (laughs) I love that. Join the frog army. (laughs) Ribbit, you're in. Ribbit, you're in. (laughs) As you can see, there are so many ways to be a digital nomad. We enjoy the slow travel, road tripping kind of nomad life because it gives us a chance to really explore a place. And that's particularly important to us because our goal here is to find home.
0: Yes just wanna find place to root is that someone knocking on our door
1: uh i don't think so maybe it's just the construction workers banging their hammers upstairs
0: you're never gonna believe who that was
1: you've got to be kidding me i didn't think something like this would actually happen
0: i feel like this one was manifested just for us
1: stay tuned that's next time If you like us and want to hear more, please rate and follow wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Bonus points if you tell two friends.
1: You know how these things start.
0: One friend tells another friend about us. And And they they tell tell two friends. friends, And and they they tell tell their their friends. friends, And so on and so so on.
1: Smoke me a kipper, and I'll be back for breakfast.
0: Hop to it.
1: And now for a campfire story.
0: Where did I learn to road trip? My family taught me how to road trip. Road tripping is in my blood. My dad drove all over the South with us kids. My mom made regular visits between Galveston and Houston. My great-grandmother's half-sister Marge and her husband made yearly road trips between Louisiana and Ohio, stopping in Nashville, Tennessee to visit us, sleep, eat, and share stories with the family. Slow travel helps me see more. I love the amount of detail that comes from a road trip compared to a flight between cities. Slowing down means seeing more, and seeing more means more chances for awe and discovery. Now I have stories upon stories about road trips. I learned from my second dad, Tank. That was his nickname and what we called him. He took me on my first of many cross-country road trips. We traveled from Houston, Texas to Brooklyn, New York, and I learned my superpower is I can sleep the entire way. Just give me a pillow and I'm set. You don't see much sleeping, but the time sure flies by. We drove from Newport, Rhode Island to Chicago, Illinois, Sacramento, California to Denver, Colorado, and many places in between. After he passed away in 2010, I could still hear him planning the next road trip somewhere, telling me how leaving at least four hours before sunrise allows you to drive that much longer because you wake up when the sunlight hits the road. He was right. That's the best way to start a 12 hour drive day. I don't know, but I wonder, did my family road trip so much because we were black? There was a time that blacks in the United States of America would use the green book to find safe places to stay while traveling through the country. That is such a crazy thought and my family doesn't talk about that. But when I bring it up, everyone knows that is exactly what happened. Driving through the country and staying with friends and family along the way was safer than the bus, train, or airplane. If given the choice and time isn't a consideration, I will choose road trips over plane trips every time.